We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. Anora Boys in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly, left. CFB Nation, as always, presented by Twist. Twist. Audio every day. The edibles. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check it out. Subscribe on YouTube. The thumbs up. Smash it. We appreciate it. Notification bell. Every time we go live, you'll know. The Lucky Lucky Podcast. Hey, we spin it different. Left, I feel like we're robbing Peter to pay Paul up here in Chicago, bro. Is that right? It's the end of October. It was 80 degrees yesterday and it's 70-something today. I'm not liking that trajectory. We're going to have to pay for this in March. I'm not liking that trajectory. No, I'm not. Bro, you know how you're in the moment. You're like, yeah. And then you think about it like, Oh boy, it's gonna be a March or April morning with some frost in the future. There's just no way you can get around. <laughs> You're probably getting upset at the fact that it's gonna be prolonged at the wrong moments. You know, you gonna everybody's gonna be coming out of it, right? You won't be in the thick of it, being like, "Man, this is not how I envisioned it at all." <laughs> it's almost like, yo. No, nah, just just give me the, the 40 and 50 degrees right now. Let me pull out my turtlenecks and my nice little hoodies. Because this is a nice the- time to layer. I'm doing February, March, April. Get yeah. your layers going, trying different swags. That's where you develop, you know, your culture. That's why West Coast people can't dress very well because they got one season. You go to the East Coast, Chicago, Detroit, mm-hmm. Ohio, New York. You see variety. You see layers. You see a lot of swag. So definitely uh, the benefit of having something like that. But other than that, man, when it gets cold and it's supposed to be warm, it just mentally it's like sitting at a green light and not going anywhere. Happens all the time in California. You'll be in traffic. You'll be sitting there. You'll be like, okay, finally the green light. And you don't even move. And it changes all the way back to red. And you just like, yeah, I'm going I'm going home. This is it. Is the traffic that bad, bro? You, you in the wrong places, wrong times? <laughs> That's why you require to be an early, early bird and a late, late worker. Best times to get home. Or you live opposite of the traffic. So I live opposite of traffic each direction, morning and evening. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a little better. 
Now, see, I have experienced LA traffic prior, much more prior to um, baby girl going to school out there. Because now when I come, I'm staying like downtown, closer to campus. So the traffic that I experience now is really not as extensive. But yeah, I've been calling that that 101 and that five in the afternoon, like, yo, this is crazy. It's really an unforgiving type of crazy because it's like there's no stretch where it's just straight driving. Mm-hmm. And so now you start looking at your GPS, it says 10 miles and it's taking 50 minutes. You got a real, you know, you, you, you trying to understand what time is at that point. What is really time when you that close, but so far, you know, like, you know, you got like a fast food joint that's five minutes away or five miles away. You go pick up your food, you know, you should be able to get right back home and enjoy your meal while it's hot. Not in Cali. You might as well eat that in the car. That's why in and out tells you, do you want it in the car or do you want it to go? <laughs> what restaurants are finally wising up on is when you're doing takeout orders, you put the little box, the little styrofoam boxes that have the little cuts in them. Mm. So your fries don't get soggy. I'm not going to lie. Asian restaurants do the best job of boxing their food. Mm. Especially their chicken, this, that, and the third. Because they know how to put the cuts in the boxes to where your fries don't get messed up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Something. So, left. we're going to talk about the coordinators today. They both spoke. We put the poll out there on our YouTube page, and we put it out there on the Twitter feed. Has Notre Dame played championship defense this year? Mm. Has Notre Dame played championship defense this year? Let us know. We already have one great question about Tobias Merriweather. We'll get to it shortly. Mike, we see you, Mike, in Oklahoma. What part of Oklahoma are you from, Mike? Are you the Tulsa area? Where are you from? Um, We had a lot of fun yesterday talking about Marcus Freeman and the equalizer left. Mm. And how he needs to become that equalizer. Mm -hmm. 
I want to add something to that. I think it's very, very important as fans to think one way versus another. Before I get to that, my question to you, Left, is has Notre Dame as a program progressed from the pre previous regime to where they are now? Have you seen progression in the program? I think you see a hope factor rise within the program from a fan base standpoint. The guys seem to, on the team seem to be a little more inspired uh, in the in the last couple of years. You've seen the recruiting kind of expand in, in some ways where we've seen improvement in a short time. So from a satisfaction standpoint, I do think that we've seen progress from once again, guy who has done a lot for the program. I think you can't take anything away from Brian Kelly in that aspect is that he did provide a very good standard and consistency uh, that's, that's, that's hard to replace. You know, that's a hard thing to um, continue, but also make it your own, especially after the time that it has been. So for the change for Marcus Freeman during that time of transition to come in, I do think that people see um, a bigger uh, advantage, you know, uh, in a, in a, it feels like the program took a step in the right direction going with Marcus Freeman. And I think that's kind of what is the crux of it is that that is the progression the 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 aspect of seeing Marcus Freeman be a potential boost in a program that had a lot of stale um, stale consistency, if that's even a thing. We were very consistent in putting together winning seasons, but we got so consistent to where it's stale in the sense that we're getting spoiled with it, and yet we're still requiring uh, as a whole to take that next step. So. Marcus Freeman seems to fit that small wedge of getting over the hump, but at the same time, it, it's 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 a time base as well, where you can't be on the verge of getting to that championship level five years down the line. It's got to kind of happen in that window, which I think is the good and bad part about Marcus Freeman is because are they going to allow you to give you five years to do it? Because realistically, when you're building a, a really strong program, it, it's going to take some time. You look at Coach O at LSU, took him some time. He didn't just wake up one day and – Took have, Kirby some time. Took Kirby some time. But you see the guys that are having 10-plus years in one place or five-plus years in one place seem to have results that keep them around. I think if we're – committed i think we should be looking at ourselves like the pittsburgh steelers pittsburgh steelers they rock with their coach they may have had what five coaches in their entire, <laughs> their yeah. entire i mean that is a solid organization from top <laughs> to bottom that's about how as as solid as you can get yeah i mean you can't get much better than that from a top-down approach to where you can trust the organizations that you're going into because I mean they got it together. So yeah. for us to to show some I think for Pete Provacqua to show that kind of foundation and stability, I think it bodes well for Marcus Freeman to get a little bit more time if it doesn't happen within this next year. But I wouldn't blame Marcus Freeman if it doesn't happen within this next year because college football is hard as hell. And it just requires somebody to be a championship team just because you want it to happen or the signs look good or it's because Notre Dame, take Marcus Freeman, put anybody in that position, you'll be like, this is unrealistic almost from the expectations of what we're asking. So in a in a taking a step back approach, yes, Notre Dame is making a great progress towards wanting to do the right thing as much as you can mm -hmm. to get to a championship level on brand, on brand. Now, we could have easily – if we wanted to just win a championship, 
spent the money and got a Dion, you know, was like, look, we, we're going to separate our, for instance, Sam Houston University, Sam Houston State University, whatever, Sam Houston State doesn't like to be called Sam Houston State as regards to the football team. Got to say Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Sam Houston State, they only wanted to be about the university. So Notre Dame could have did that and been like, look, Notre Dame and be the brand is, is one thing, tradition and all that. But when it comes to this football, we're looking to win. So we're going to pull a Dion, We're going to pull a Urban Meyer. We're going we gonna to pull all the guys that have whatever pass they had. It doesn't matter because we're looking to win. We could have did that. We have to read because the only reason why I say we could have did that is because we have the resources. We have too much money to act like we don't got it. So it's a choice why we don't want to win a championship, in my opinion. Now, when it comes to doing it the good steward way and all of that, Notre Dame has been doing it their way for just about ever. Marcus Freeman fits that. And with that, it's going to require doing it in a way that is unconventional as the recipe has been shown for college football how to win a championship. You're going to need some some big, ugly linemen. 300 plus pounds. You're going to need a trigger man. Diva or not. You're going to need certain aspects of recruiting to be right. You know, so I do think that it's going going to put Marcus Freeman, make him better for it in his own individual coaching career. Because after he leaves Notre Dame at some point, it's like, where can he even go? Yeah. <laughs> he's got to go to another Texas or one of these other top programs because he what are you gonna go to Fresno State? Yeah. I mean he can't he can't, he can't even he's put himself at a at you know starting on third base. I think he's earned his way around the the bases by starting so high, but you know, you you in good company already. Yeah. So I think he's in a very peculiar situation. I think he gets better as he gets older. Right, I mean, what's what's Marcus Freeman's story gonna be? <laughs> Thirty years down the line, yeah, I started at Notre Dame. You know, Brian Kelly started at Grand Valley State or some whatever. So the days of coaches having these cradle of coaches starting in Youngstown and Miami of Ohio, Marcus Freeman can't even relate. Hmm. I mean, he can't. He, he put himself in a situation where he like, man, I have to be great, or I have to go get another profession. I gotta go to the NFL, so. Which is cool because he's he's building a foundation from Notre Dame, but it will be even even greater if you can cash in on a championship. And I think he has the right intentions. He's he's you know trying to follow the the book, but it's still Notre Dame and people Bakwa. That top down approach has to be better for him if he wants to get close. Now he can strike lightning in a bottle because he's likable and he'll get one or two recruits that can change the tide of things. But on a consistent Nick Saban type of basis, mm-hmm. he's going to need some administration support. So progression versus perfection. Hear me out. The society we live in is very much about perfection that's what we look for but the truth of the matter is success is more about progression than it is perfection that's right stay with me any national championship team is not perfection i don't care if they go undefeated it's not perfection if you really look at their schedule, how they played, even when they play that last game and win a championship, it's about progression. That's what all of those practices in the spring, the fall, and during the season, all of those practices about are about being progressive and getting to a point where you're playing at your best. That's one of the things I applaud. And this is why I said the other day, in my opinion, before Brock Bowers got injured, 
Georgia was the only team, in my opinion, that had an opportunity to be a great team this year. You said Georgia was the only team? The only team because Kirby has a formula where Georgia ends up playing their best football at the end of the year. You go back and look through their schedule, they'll mess around and almost lose to Kentucky. They'll mess around and almost lose to Missouri. They'll mess around and you wonder why they're down multiple, you know, double digits to this team in the third quarter, fourth quarter. And then they line up against TCU and just beat them by 50 points. Like, and that performance wasn't even perfect. It wasn't even a perfect performance. I don't even know if there's a such thing as a perfect performance by a football team. But what you watch is progression. Man, I say, yo, I've been with my wife 32 years. High school sweethearts about to celebrate 25 years in marriage. People are like, oh, my God, you guys are relationship goals. Man, you guys look like you have so much fun together. And they're talking like they see perfection. But we're still, we're still progressing as a couple. We're still working as a couple, bro. And we tell people, we don't know if you really want this pain. No, yeah, I think it's like what, for sure. What you see, do you really want what it took to get to what you see today? And that is something I think Notre Dame fans. Isn't that what uh, Denzel said on the Equalizer or something like that? It was a. Uh, What's that? Anything great, you got to go through a lot of pain or something. Man. Like that. He said bro. something like that. Bro, it's, that's real deal. Real deal. You know, um, literally, bro, until I became an adult, I had never seen my parents have an argument. Until I became an adult. And I'm like, yo, so I walked into marriage thinking like everything was smooth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I never seen my parents have an argument. That argument thing is dead. And then I went back to my pops, like, hey man, what the heck is going on? You know. Life is about progression, man. And as Notre Dame fans, you know, as fans in general, you can you can require perfection or look for perfection so much and not realize that there is enjoyment in progression and being able to view progression and seeing how things are moving along. As always, we want things to happen much faster than they do. But, you know, there are things to look at in this program and to say, you know, I can see where it's going. And I can see Marcus Freeman getting the job done. Yeah, I hope Marcus Freeman gets the job done. And and like you said, it, it requires a lot of pain to be able to sacrifice on a level like this with mm -hmm. the true and need a spotlight and the expectations for him to be able to see that other side. Now, that's why I say it's going to be so interesting because uh, <laughs> he does it in four, let's say. Unless he retires at Notre Dame, where can Marcus Freeman excel in the college football space outside of this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can understand a Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma to a USC. I can see it's kind of a horizontal uh, type of move, but you have championship success at Notre Dame. That's in its own lane. You, you, you. And you're young, so you you got a lot of coaching years left. So it is a wild moment for you. But at the same time, not being able to get it done, I don't even know when Marcus Freeman expected himself to get it done. 
I think that's another question. What was his expectation? Did he think the first year, second year? But but don't don't you want to win every game regardless? Like you can have a realistic game plan, but you still, as a competitor and as a coach, coach that team to win every game. Yeah, and that's that's the. I mean, you have to be a little unrealistic when approaching goals like that. You want to win every game, obviously. Even the greatest coaches have some losses in that win-loss column. Right. For Marcus Freeman, I mean, I think in the first two years, those four losses have been feeling like 40. He's really got the 440 type of feeling because the type of losses that they've been and the expectations we had of winning those games. So I think for him, he understands it's a journey process. Mm -hmm. but he won't feel close to that accomplishment or close to accomplishing that feat until he has control like he wants in the program. I think for what he's been given, he's excelled at, but that's like, you know, still short of being truly successful at that moment of greatness. So for him to be able to have the ability to hire some people and do some recruiting things and win some recruiting battles and change some different things of the program. It's still not everything that he needs to get it done, which is almost robbing Pete to say to pay Paul because yeah, you are giving Marcus Freeman a lot, but taking a lot in crucial spots that can change the tide in a lot of cases for the trajectory of his team, maybe with a different offensive coordinator that, he had intended going into the season we would be in a different position for some of these games that we've lost. Maybe if we were able to get the quarterback that we wanted to and play freshman year and all of that, maybe we can see a different outcome in how the team responds. Maybe if certain things fall in place from uh, 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 on-page thought with the, the people at the top, some of these transitions wouldn't have been so tough. So I do think Marcus Freeman is for what he's given can't ask for much more, but for what he wants to do and the potential, I think it requires a little bit more uh, of the right people supporting. Obviously there's a lot of people that want him doing well, that want him to do well and all of that, but there's always the one or two people that really can help you like you need to be helped. And that's the, the challenge that he has to go through every year. He has successfully changed and progressed the culture. Whether it's the former players, the vibe, um, USC game, former players on the sidelines. Flipping Joe Montana, dapping players up as they walk back into the locker room after the game. That stuff that would have never happened under the previous regime. Right. So the vibe is different. The culture is different. It's progressed. The recruiting has progressed, especially at key positions like quarterback. And I think it's progressed at wide receiver. Now, we haven't seen the production per se, but, hey, the talent is there. But the production is so minuscule in terms of we're talking two games. We're not talking a total revamp of a program, a rebuild. A, uh, you got to find, you know, a clue because we mm -hmm. have no answers for something. We're talking about you didn't win this particular game. Mm -hmm. And I think as a first-year head coach, let alone any year head coach, that's – like we talked about perfection over progress. We're looking so much for this Notre Dame coach to be this mythical, perfect fit that Alabama got lucky on. If you're thinking about Nick Saban's an anomaly for how long and consistent he was able to put this thing together. Anomaly. Now for Notre Dame, we've had such great 
mystique about these coaches that have produced. Lou Holtz has have has done a lot of great things, mm-hmm. but but it's been so far removed to now. It's like we speak of him. It was like he could like did he even lose a game? <laughs> and I think that's kind of where the fan base and and the culture of Notre Dame is is thinking of their their coach to be that next. Lou Holtz impact <laughs> of a guy that's like can do no wrong and toes the line, but all these guys respect him. I think Marcus Freeman feels some of that having to play a part in his role at Notre Dame, but it is it's too much of a perfected ideology instead of the the realistic understanding of what it takes to get there. And Marcus Freeman is trying to ride that line of, yes, we want to win every game. Yes, we're trying to win a championship in my second year, unrealistically. But we're going to take the steps to get there now. Like, work with me. If we lose one of these one-off games, hell, I don't even have the full team recruited yet. You know, this is I'm still shedding off what I was inherited. So until Marcus Freeman really gets his recruits in, we can look at the years of guys he's brought in and we can look at the the seasons of progression. I mean, you're talking about reading year one to year two. What kind of what kind mm. of chart is that? You don't even get the points on the chart that that far apart. You don't even get to see no dips and no – you know what I mean? And, and obviously college football ain't waiting long for coaches to have something like that. But I do believe they didn't hire Marcus Freeman to be a one-year bridge to potentially whatever is to come. And so as long as Marcus Freeman can stay in that pocket of hope, which is why I say it's about progression and that perfection is just, you know, especially with these playoffs, when the playoff changes, Mm -hmm. nobody's going to care about the regular season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Yo, we just literally <laughs> watched a team last night get into the playoffs barely with 80 wins, and they're in the World Series <laughs> as the number six seed in the National League. Like, literally, I saw them spoil the Cubs' opportunities yeah. to make the playoffs. Yeah. A young team out of nowhere. And I remember their manager telling them in the locker room when they won the wild card series, we're dangerous. Yeah, that's all you need to be. He said, we're dangerous. Just know that. And here they are getting ready to face the Rangers in the World Series. So it's like. And that's why I hope it resets the market of expectation for Notre Dame, especially Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman with this new system should be able to be like. Okay, I can show you how I can really be a coach. Because when that second season comes, I just got to get us to the second season. Mm Y'all not going to care how I get there. So if we lose a game here or there, you know, Marshall, it's just a laughing point 
until we get to that second season, then we can really focus on if I'm a good coach or not. Mm-hmm. I think then the value of coaches can be more solidified in college football. You're not going to see too much of a hopping around system because now it's about less recruiting your ass off 24-7 and more so how do we stay healthy? How do we get to the second season? And then it's game on. Then we're going to see if Marcus Freeman can go toe-to-toe when the stakes are a little bit more realistic. When you're trying to shoot for four spots out of 130-plus Division One teams, obviously 100 are probably not even close to being qualified, but still just the odds of that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're a competitive football team, like if we just took the top 12 from last week and put all of them teams in a playoff, you're going to get some good football. And and at the, and really right now, anybody especially can win Especially this year. Yeah, especially this year. <laughs> this year? It's this just would be an incredible playoff. Incredible. 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 It would be an incredible playoffs this year. Hell, throw Colorado in there. Let them be the 12th seed. Just for just for the p- potential of what, who knows? They might get lucky in TCU a team. So I do think Marcus Freeman would have so much more value and we can start appreciating what he's actually doing for the program once we had that two-season approach. When it's one season, it's like, come on, man, think about how unrealistic we were leading up to this point, talking about Sam being signed for three games. This man can't even enjoy his grad transfer year because we're talking about you need to win three of them. Now with a two-season uh, two type of ordeal, it's like, okay, Sam, get warm, get what you need, build your chemistry during the regular season. We don't care if you win by six or 16 or, or 66. We don't care. But when you get to them playoffs, we need you to be pulling off these games. Mm-hmm. Casement matters, yeah. Get us a decent, you know, just get us in the 12. Now our expectations can reset and we can evaluate, was this a good transfer? What do we need to really think about going into the the, the portal in the offseason when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to what we lacked in depth against certain playoff teams or whatever the case. It's a it's a different strategy that you impose when you when you're like that. And I think Marcus Freeman can 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 uh, can take a step back himself and be like, okay, I don't have to be pressed for these 10 games. No names expecting championship where anything can happen, and I can really like show you how I'm a good coach. Yeah, we messed up on the 10 guys during the regular season, but it's erased out of everybody's mind because we're eight seed. And we got we got some tough games, but if we could just, you know how Notre Dame basketball for quite some time usually found the right, the right seeding. Yeah. The right seeding, and then we played well against a pretty good team, and now we look where we at. We right. elite eight. Hell, that's what saved the last coach career most of the time. It's good city. Bray should have probably been gone, what, five years before? You know, he probably stayed five years too long. But them, 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 that little brief moment of them elite eights because of good yeah. city and a, and a decent put-together roster, and then you got the – you coached your, your way out of some – you know what I mean? Yeah. You can make a career now. But right now, as it sets, if this had to move forward, Marcus Freeman won't last four years the way things are set up right now. Who could? You would have to come in and win a championship in two years with how things are set up, or you would look like the unable person to do it. Because they're going to be like, college football moving too fast, only four teams can make it, and you're coming in and having to inherit whatever you have to inherit. And then build a program. And if you don't win in two years, you're trash. You need to get you out of here. Shouldn't have picked you anyway. So now with these two seasons installed, they're like, okay, Marcus Freeman, it makes sense to sign you to a 10-year type of agreement because it's going to – we need to see how we play through the playoffs, you know. We don't have to have five primetime games back to back to back to back. We don't need that. We can play on a Saturday afternoon. And that affects, let me tell you something. I talked to one of my guys yesterday that is a Notre Dame fan. And he was talking about the quarterbacks next year. 
And he was making a very good point in, yo, with the expansion, I don't feel forced to have to go get a quarterback out of the portal. Yeah. We we can let Kenny Minchin start against Texas A&M because that's going to make him better. It's going to make the team better. And if we come away with the L, you know, and he was like, let's be honest, Texas A&M isn't, you hear the name, like Texas A&M squad isn't this unbeatable squad. No. They're probably like the fifth or sixth best program in the SEC. But if they get hot because they got they got some elite talented players individually, like an Evan Stewart or something, he catches hot against a whatever, anything can happen. And you're absolutely right. We can relax on having the dude at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It would make sense to have Sam in a two playoff team type of situ a two season uh year situation because now Sam being tier four with time with the team, being able to progress games by game 12, 13, Sam is a dangerous threat. Nobody want to see no Sam that late in the season. Hell, Jack Cohn, last game of the season, threw for 500 yards. He was heating up. I think with a couple more games, Jack Cohn might have did some things, especially – only can imagine what he would have felt confidence-wise in his offense coming out of a 500-yard passing game with five touchdowns against a top defense. So, yeah, we don't need a Caleb Williams talent generational type of player as much as we did when it was only four teams to make it. Because basically those four teams were the four best quarterbacks in college football, essentially. Or especially for that year. I mean, Stetson Bennett was technically top four quarterback of the year for the season and everything included. Like, you can't deny that. But now with 12, it's like, shoot, we can take a Sam there. Round robbing it. We might strike strike hot. It's the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. NCAA tournament, is just, it's just like now anybody is 60-14, so you can't even <laughs> – on a one-game elimination – the odds are, are crazy, but the odds are better for some stuff like that to happen with the 12. It's just, okay, now, yeah, you're a good team, so we know you're going to make it. But if you are really good, the job would love to see the 2022-2021 Georgia team tested on one-game eliminations. That would let me know you're the greatest team of all time. You done, you done went through adverse situations. They was never pressed. They was never pressed. They was never pressed psychologically with the thought of, oh, it's winner go home. They was never in a winner go home situation in the last two years. It was a win and then now they, they counting us out. Hmm. hmm. That's a little different when you making when, when you making the hype as opposed to no matter what, it's winner go home. Mm-hmm. So a team can just play good for a quarter or two. And put you on notice. You know, that Missouri game they had that was close could be a playoff type of game. Yeah, you better, but hell, you you ain't make it look like that, and now you got to go play next week. And I think that's where the value of coaching is going to come in for a guy like Marcus Freeman because, okay, you mess up on Ohio State 10 game. We got that. But now we're in the playoffs. How do you respond? How do you get your team ready to play? Hell, we go three games in the playoffs and we and we lose the chance. Was it three games or four games for a championship? Uh, let's see. It's two. I think it's going to end up being three for three for some. Because if if you're top four, I think you get buys. Okay, so at most four. Yeah. So let's say Marcus Freeman wins three. We get in the tenth seed and we and we get three games and we won away from championship. That's progress. That that'll be legit quantifiable progress of where the program is. It's hard to say you have progress when it's just 10 games every year. 10 games, 10 games, 10 games, 10 games. A a game, a season where you have eight games don't mean necessarily you had a bad season. You just used to winning 10. 
But now when you can track progress of, okay, did you make the playoffs? How far did you get? What did it look like when you got that far? Oh, you won it. Oh, mm-hmm. you had a better playoff appearance than the regular season. You made up for all the mistakes. It buys you more coaching time. We can see why you should be here instead of, you know, yeah, you 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 Joe Flacco during the regular season, but hell, all you need to do is just get in. And you've proven back-to-back years you can be 12 or 10 and win a couple in the playoffs. That'll be like, okay, that's a reason to ink you in for an extension, Marcus Freeman. That's that'll, you know, that'll give you some credit. But when it's just like, okay, there's only 10 games we got. You got to win all these five prime time back-to-back-to-backs in crucial situations, and then you can't lose because we don't got no bowl game. You don't got no no conference championship. So your, your championship is in the same season as your regular season, mm-hmm. basically. Your conference championship, your playoffs, and your national championship is within those 12 regular season games also. So it's 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 a little unrealistic. It's a little unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right, Left. The more I look at it. And then he said something. I said, You being a little cruel, bro. He was like, Man, look, I don't even feel like Sam Hartman is one of us. I said, What you mean? He's like, man, just Seems like a straight up rental. He is. I said, that's what it was. I said, wait a minute. I said, look, the situation is tricky. First of all, because the dude that convinced him to come, along with Marcus Freeman, just dipped on him. It's like, yo, come on, we're gonna set you up, we're gonna hook you up, gonna put the offense around you. You know, the NFL says you haven't been on the center. You need to do some other things or show some other things to prove and elevate your stock. We're going to help you do that here in Notre Dame. Play action. We're going to have a solid offensive line, solid run game. We're going to get you right, set you up right. And then on February the 3rd, oh, man, I know I brought you here, but – uh. I'm about to go to a quarterback room that's worse than this. Yeah, Sam feels like, to me, so Sam it, feels like the rebound. We're the rebound chick. It's like, yeah, you win. Notre Dame is the rebound chick? Like, not the rebound chick, but, you know, it's like we know we're, you're with us because it makes you look better. Mm. Not that because you're necessarily in love. with. Yeah, you like us because we look good and, you know, but. Now, because you're with us, you can get to the Soho house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now you're with us, you driving better cars and going to funner parties and, and getting more attention. Yeah, you like us. But we, but we, in the back of our mind, know that, you know, you still like your ex-girlfriend, too. Mm-hmm. And you done have real history with that. You having fun over here. You done went through pain and wake forest. You haven't gone through no pain with Notre Dame necessarily. You just just had bad party experience. But when are you going to bring us to meet your family or, or come and bring us to, to make that synergy of quarterback team relationship? Because right now it's like you just happy to be on the parade. So I do think it is it's interesting that he does feel like a rental. And it's not much he can really prove outside of that, considering it, it's just more so funny at the fact that him beating Ohio State, we, he would feel like one of us. <laughs> just plain and simple. If you beat Ohio State, man, you wanted a, you wanted a family, man. You 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 deserve a room in the house. You not beating Ohio State is like uh, you the stepchild that had a lot of potential, and you end up being more headaches than. Helping the family. Not that you're not good or nothing, but we really had the hopes for you to come in and and be one of us by winning that game. And I think not doing that just takes away from it a little bit. But I do think 
like for instance, when y'all were discussing the fact that having a guy, Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, Deuce Knight, that development can actually happen mm-hmm. with a two season. You okay with losing one or two? Hell, if you can get in with three because of the type of schedule, cool. But you can know in those losses that they taking the lumps necessary to be ready mm-hmm. to surprise a team in the playoffs or whatever, get hot once you get through some things. But now it's like, hell, you can't even throw, throw a pick because we're going to be looking at you sideways like, oh, he can't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> because the season, you know, is the championship, the conference championship, everything is within them 10 games. Like this year, for obviously the last year, unfortunately, Sam lost the national championship, losing to Ohio State. That's just what it is. That's how I view it. That's why nothing that we can do moving forward will overcome that loss like we've talked about. Because that was the championship. That was the playoffs right there. Mm-hmm. We don't care if it was week four. That was the championship right there. That was the playoffs. That was – yeah, yeah. Everything that you wanted in the season was in week four. That's just how Notre Dame is built. So when you lose that, it's like, damn, man, we're not getting to the mark. With the playoff system, Sam losing that game, you're like, oh, man, you're encouraged. Oh, they don't want to see us down the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to see Big Sam on that next fourth down because he gonna he gonna run them over next time. You know he doesn't have that type of build to it. It's either now or nothing. So it does relax the fan base moving forward, where we're not so perfection oriented. We got we got basically tapped out of that mindset and and got elevated to this unrealistic fandom because Brian Kelly was doing just enough long enough to where we just wasn't satisfied with Ruth Chris. You know, we was just getting bored with the best, you know, Benny Hanna's. It wasn't even good enough anymore. We we, we need Wagyu every night. Uh, Benny like, Hanna's has kind of fallen off a little bit. Oh, man, here we go. I mean, I'm just giving you an honest <laughs> Okay, well, uh, give me one. Del Frisco's. You, you eating Del Frisco's every day. Del Frisco, Del Frisco has a nice quality steak. It's top of the line, but when you Perry, eat it, I will day, I will I, elevate Perry's Steakhouse over Del Frisco's. Okay, see, look now you, but you know, still, this, this Chicago, bro. <laughs> I mean, the the Steakhouse competition in Chicago is pretty much it's like serious. It's like a twelve team playoff. <laughs> Any given night, man. I think that changes everything. Next man in, it doesn't doesn't equate anymore. You know that that, that goes to the wayside. We should start saying things like development is key. You know, you can develop in a two team system, a two season team, a two season year. You can develop guys. You can see a, a, a record of growth. I think for everybody in college football, not just Notre Dame. Because then conference championships would mean less. Thank goodness. So the the playoff, so it's like this what's the point of a super conference when the playoff system basically gets rid of these unnecessary conference championships? And now you're just more AFC NFC division, (laughs) basically. Yeah. That's just what it's got to turn into since it's a playoff system. Like you know, obviously, I think it works for basketball because you have so many different conferences. So you need a conference championship to send your best, you know, your best however many from that conference. Football, it ain't that many to where, you know, we need a conference championship because it's 12 teams and only what now two or three even P was it P4 now, mm-hmm. essentially. So you don't need conference championships. You need hardened schedules. I think that would make the more sense for USC, UCLA, is that now the schedule is just harder mm. as opposed to it being so much a regional thing. And then now all these teams have schedules like Notre Dame. 
So now we'll see, okay, we playing everybody damn near. Now when we go through the regular season, okay, you get to gauge things, but the playoff system is what's going to matter the most. But if Kenny Minchie can play a Texas, play a USC, play a Stanford, play a uh, 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 Vanderbilt, play a uh, Wisconsin, play a Virginia in a regular season, he doesn't see everything. So now he didn't develop, he didn't took his lumps. Now Kenny Minchie, red shirt sophomore year, is ready for the playoffs. Now we can see if he's truly developed. Hell, we even throw a quarterback competition in there because it's a new season. <laughs> you can evaluate two quarterbacks in the regular season, play CJ half the year, play Kenny Minchie the other half. And then playoffs, we 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 go with the hot hand. I mean, there's many different ways you can you can you can do it constructively, but having your your playoffs and your conference championship and your hopes and dreams and NFL aspirations and all in just it could be by week four of the season. It's it's very hard, disheartening if you don't win that game. I mean, that's why we were so salty about the. The uh, Ohio State loss was just like, damn, bro, that's that's it, that fast. Mm -hmm. Marcus Freeman looking crazy, like, man, y'all about to fire me after this week four game. I ain't even get a chance to get my feet wet for real. Like, y'all know this is some BS, but what y'all want, you know? So, I mean, and oh, okay, I'm not gonna keep dissing Angeli. I'm just thinking. I mean, what do you think? You think Angeli gonna be here past the next two years? How can I say this? <laughs> you see the level of quarterback play it takes to win national championships left. That's right. Okay. And what are we talking about? You know. We give updates. You heard Marcus Freeman talking about Kenny Minchin. You heard... <laughs> All offensive coordinator talking about Kenny mentioned you man. Well, I think it makes sense too for these NIL this money to start making sense. You know, I'm paying eight million in Nico Ima Valida at Tennessee. I better be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Let's see if the eight million all is right. Ready. I need to see you in that in that quarterfinal. Yeah, <laughs> we paying Deuce Knight, Deuce Knight. We paying you to get third round of the playoffs at least. That's the value. Now, it might be less pressure for a Steve Angeli now because he does not have to be perfect. At you no don't got to be – exactly. You don't got to be perfect. You got to be good, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we still got to make the play. We may make it with, you know, winning four games or, I mean, losing four or three games, but we still got to make that play. <laughs> like, you know, Steve Angeli – could be Notre Dame's Kelly Bryant. Where Kelly Bryant 15 and 2 and got replaced. That's how hard it is. Yeah. 15 and 2 now. And the That's two it. was a national championship game. Yeah. And like no, it was a semifinal game. Alabama beat them. Semifinal game. And it was, I don't even know the other one. 15 and 2 and got benched. We ain't that cold yet. That's when Dabo thought he had it figured out. Syracuse. <laughs> they lost on they lost on the road to Syracuse on oh, a yeah, Friday that's right. night. That's right. One of them one off games. That's going, you yeah. know, that happens. But yeah. hell, we ain't that cold where we tell the brothers 15 and 2. Man, what? What would that do to the fan base? We go and tell Ian Book, listen, we're benching you for who we have at the time. Drew, Drew Pine. Yeah, we bench you for Drew Pine. Well, that's like bench you for your little brother. That's not much of a difference. But Kelly Bryant and Trevor, I mean, that's just a cold move. But that's when that's when you know you sitting on a gold mine and you and you gotta you gotta make moves right now. <laughs> you gotta Yeah. Yeah, you gotta make moves right now. <laughs> that's that's when you uh like I told you, it didn't take long 
before Jabron Payne and uh Devin Ford move moves down in the running back room. It didn't take long. It didn't take long. And it wasn't no conversation, really. No. No, we just watching film and just like, you know what? Just get a little closer. Let me help you. Like, Jeremiah, I need you. <laughs> I need you to help me. <laughs> I need you in this second seat next to Aldrin. I need you to explain how, you know, these carries you have it, so much impact on the game. And just need I you mean, it closer. is when you, when you know a guy is a guy. <laughs> you know? And, you know, that's a serious view of your career like steve angeli has cj Carr coming in early kenny minchie coming or coming on he has to say to himself can i hold these dudes off for two years because if i can hold them off for two years then it's worth staying Man, it, I wouldn't even take it that far. I'd be like, do I want to deal with the politics that's going to come? Do I want to deal with them jerking me around, testing the waters with other dudes, not focused on putting this offense around me in the offseason to get me ready when I got to look over my shoulder because they interested by the new toy they recruiting and bringing in? That that That's the question because I think it's less about him being able to do it more so is the where is the team moving? You know, when you get past high school, it's about where where is your role in the team that's moving along? You know, and I think Marcus Freeman last year gave you a perfect example. He said, listen, this team is moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. And you two quarterbacks, your stop may be a little coming coming to an end. <laughs> you can stay on the bus. But your seat gonna have to be, you know, <laughs> way back there. You know, we, you know, by the bathrooms. So you can get off on these next stops, but we moving this way. And I think that's where Steve Angeli has to talk to himself. It's like, yeah, they gonna tell me enough to keep me on the bus. Mm-hmm. But is my stop here, or do I, or do I take this journey with them down this way? Is less. That's why I say it's less about him thinking, oh, can I fight for my seat? His, it ain't about what you're fighting for necessarily. Mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman knows what he's recruiting and what he's telling these kids coming in. And it ain't good on your side. He's like, man, you know, we got these guys, Steve Angeli, you know, he on the team. But is he on the team? You know, how you think he getting Deuce Knight to commit and, and Jay Carter could come in early and Kenny mentioned a ticket ad out the newspaper to come volunteer services over here. They knew you would they knew you was on the roster the whole time. Yeah, what you think Marcus Freeman was thinking when he told the other two that they gotta skip town because we bringing other outside resources. He knew you was on the team too. They knew you was on there, Steve. He just probably didn't even get to you, man. He was so focused on the starter and the backup guy. He didn't even get a chance to trickle down to you. Because if anything, if I was Marcus Freeman, Steve Angeli was the threat, I would have been like, listen, guys, I would have brought them all into the room and be like, listen, just like the Jeremiah Love situation. Steve, just sit sit over here, you know. You and Tyler just swap seats for, for a day. I mean, coaches know. So I love Steve Angeli for his fortitude and sticking around, but who are you doing it for? That's the other question. Yeah, you got friends on the team, but <laughs> hell, <laughs> I want my friends to see me playing too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So who are you doing it for? If you doing it, think about Drew Pine. Drew Pine could have stayed. But Drew Pine said, enough of this. I want to. He got that little taste of playing. He saw his name flash on that ESPN ticker. He doesn't seen himself throw a couple of touchdowns. He done played in some in some games that were big and and, and won some things. He's he said, I, 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 he, he, I, "He's still on the. He's still coming off that bench. He's coming off the bench, but at the time, he's like, listen, I'm. What am I sitting for? What, you know, what would I sit for? I'm trying to go play. He's at a better party school. 
Hey, I be, I, man, listen. He got his degree. He done played his one season. And now he's at a school with just totally different optics. <laughs> so we probably see Drew Pond right now. He he probably late to practice. <laughs> he probably, they probably they probably call it around the farm where Drew is. Cause he lost his just because it's such a drastic difference between the two places. Yeah. Facts. So do we think that he cares about playing? Of course. But is he happy where he's at more so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. So take progression over perfection. Moving forward. That's pretty much we spend it different. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.